With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast. Bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on in to the Utah Man Podcast. On this episode, we're breaking down the front seven. And we'll be joined by Brian Brown from UteZone.com. I'm Cameron, and we got Ryan. Hey, Ute Nation. And Scott. Hey, uh, we're back. We're here. <laughs> Let's go. Let's talk some football. It's always great to talk football, especially during the summer. I just want the season to get here. It's like 90, what, 95 I don't want the, days I, away? I don't want the summer to go. Well, yeah, because you can see on Twitter they have the, the, the number countdowns. Yes. That either pisses off half of Twitter or excites <laughs> half of Twitter. But, uh, yeah, I don't want to wish the summer yeah. goodbye. But I am ready for football. Fall, just, fall camp's even closer than those 95 days. I just, I'm just ready to hoist that. Pac-12 South title, and, uh, <laughs> you know. Start the parade. Just jump right on it. Just rolling a bed of roses. <laughs> so for the next couple of weeks, as we get closer to, to fall camp starting, we're going to be you know breaking down position groups and releasing episodes um, off that. So you want to make sure that you're subscribed to us on iTunes or Stitcher or anything else that you listen to podcasts on, just so, you know, as you get closer, uh, you can hear us break down those position groups. Uh, so it looks like we do have Brian on the phone, and before we get to him, we'll let you know that that interview is brought to you uh, by Farmers Insurance. For protecting your home, vehicle, and family, look to Farmers Insurance. Call Scott Omer at 801-307-4046. All right, so joining us on the phone now from Ute Zone and Ute Zone Radio on 700 is the great, the one and only Brian Brown. Brian, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. That that title sounds so official. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, that's weird. <laughs> that's, that's that's the real thing. That's really happening. He read it straight off the website too. <laughs> Good. That's hey, that's the safest way to take care of this. <laughs> I'm like Ron Burgundy. I'll read whatever you give in front of me. So I love it. All right. So we've kind of been talking about the defensive line tonight. I really want to get your opinion with with the change with the D line. Who can you fans really look at having a good season? You know, taking Bradley and I off the table because obviously you know he's going to be the star. But who in your mind is really that next guy to step up on that D line? You know, that's a great question. Um, it, considering the changes they made with the coach, I think the guy that I'd want to watch the closest is Lucky Foto. Uh, just to see how he responds to a more individual approach with Gary being there. Um, you know, it's funny. We, we look at offensive and defensive line coaches and we kind of forget that those are units that work together, but there's still individuals on those units that need individual attention. And so I think it was a really smart move by Coach Whittingham, not only to bring Gary on for recruiting purposes and having another 
you know, former coach that's, that, that knows the administration side of it, but also from a standpoint of your strongest position on that team has always been defensive line. So let's bring in, uh, you know, another coach that can give that attention and that fine, you know, fine amount of detail to individual players and really push that line forward. So Lecky's a guy that I would look at to respond to the, uh, the individual coaching really powerfully. Um, I liked what I saw from, uh, from Hautai uh, Putatau and Peter Tonga as well. John Panasini, I think, showed a lot last year. I, I wouldn't expect any of those guys to make huge jumps um, from the interior aspect of it. I think Lecky's the one that I'd really circle uh, with the interior guys. On the edges, um, I think you're right on about Bradley and I. He's, he's, a, he's a budding star. The big thing I wonder about him is he going to bring the mental side of it with, with all the physical attributes and the gifts that he has and really combine that together? Kind of reminds me of Nate Orchard from a few years back where all the tools are there. We're just waiting for him to put it together. Um, and then another name that I think started to pop up more towards the end of spring was Mika Tafua. And for good reason, you know, he's a kid that's coming home from a mission. So he's kind of trying to get everything underneath him. But by the end of spring, it looked like he had found that edge again. And he plays with such a, I hate this term, but high motor. You know, I, I can't really think of a better way to describe it. He's just out there and he's just busting his tail and everything. So he's another guy that I would look at to really make an impact. And I, I would suspect by the end of the year, if, if you fans were really looking for somebody to kind of steal their hearts, it would probably be Mika. What, uh, curious what your thoughts were. Last year was maybe not the year we all anticipated uh, on the defensive line with uh, – uh, Lotulele, uh, Mokofisi coming in as as seniors in the program. The defensive line seemed to uh, maybe underperform, at least maybe from fan expectations. What uh, what what do you think was the cause of that last year? I think looking back on it, you know, at the time I don't think we realized how much Lowell and Flip were dealing with injuries. So I think mental fatigue was a big deal with that. Uh, it it kind of came came out, you know, once they both ended up retiring, that football was probably weighing pretty heavy on them mentally. And so it's really tough, even when you're in a good mental state, to go out there every day and go through the rigors of practice and be physical and to muster up that energy and everything like that. But when you're injured and can't perform at your top, top speed, top end, it makes it even tougher. And so I think that combined with a lot of um, – inexperience at the at the edge really kind of and it's hard because that position gets so much promotion you know because there is so much talent there but you also have to have guys on the back end doing their jobs in order to make you look good a lot of the time and so you just saw a lot of inexperience in that defense that i think made the D-line look less impressive than they actually were. And and then just, you know, the big thing is, is that a lot of times with guys who haven't started before, they've got to get those in-game reps to learn and to know how to make those adjustments and things like that. And I think Bradley and I is a a perfect example of that. I, I would expect to see a lot less of the kind of, you know, the Oregon game is the one that stands out in my mind where he just kind of got demolished all game. I don't expect to see that happening from him much this year. So with that being said, obviously Bradley and I on the left end, on the right side, do you think uh, obviously Max Tupai's there, Nick Henninger? What 
what do you see coming from that side, and and is it going to be enough to offset what, maybe what we saw last year? So I'm going to call my shot a little bit and say that you're actually going to see a lot of production from that side, but it's going to be by committee. So you'll see some, you know, Max Tupai. Max took a lot of steps, I think, towards the end of spring ball. The light kind of came on for him. Uh, he's gifted physically in terms of his burst, his athleticism, his strength, those kinds of things. And now he just needs to make sure that he adds the energy factor every single down because that's going to help him with some of the, um, you know, he's he's kind of a little bit of a tweener size-wise. So he's not quite long enough to be a defensive end. And he's a little bit too, I don't want to say undersized, but not quite built for, you know, to be a three technique. Good example of that I think would be James Iono from a few years ago where he kind of bounced back and forth. And at the time, he was probably the highest-rated recruit that Utah had ever had. Um, and so that kind of thing, you know, for Max is really important because if he can continue to go out and play with energy and aggressiveness every single down and make it a habit, that'll overcome that tweener status and he can just go out and dominate. But I would also look, you know, like I said, Mika Tafua. I think Chad Henniger is a good guy to have in there on, on first and second downs where you just need a reliable option to execute the scheme. Uh, Caleb Reps, another guy that I would look for on third down situations because he is so long and so good around that corner. And there are times in, in spring ball where I just saw him, I'm just like, goodness, how do you, how do you block him? But the big thing is that he's just got to gain some weight. And so until he does, I don't think he'll be an every down player. So that's kind of where I would, I would, you know, I, I'm going to lay my shot out on the line with that one and say that it's going to be a committee and they're going to have a lot of production out of it. And uh, it'll be a good year overall for the youths out of that spot. Hey, Brian, uh, moving to lineback, linebackers, um, with uh, Chase Hansen moving to linebacker, do you feel, or what do you, do you feel that's a good move? Do you feel like that's his natural position? So, <laughs> you guys are going to get me on this one. I, I was kind of always the dude who's like, I don't see why you'd move a great safety to linebacker when he's really great at safety. And everybody on, you know, kind of media, Twitter, whatnot was like, no, no, I'll move him to linebacker. And so they announced in spring, yeah, we're going to try him there. I thought for sure it'd be kind of like a, yeah, well, it didn't really do much. So we'll just move back to safety kind of a situation. And he really excelled there. Um, if he can stay healthy, if he can keep the weight on, then I think it's a great move for them because it gives you a lot of athleticism and flexibility. The big area, I think that it makes it really tough on offenses is that Chase can disguise their coverage so much because he can be down in the box like he's a linebacker, but he can drop into coverage or go man-to-man like a safety. And that will be really tough on college quarterbacks, guys who are not used to seeing that kind of trickiness you know, out of a defense. And so I think that's where it's a really strong suit for Chase moving there. Um, the other thing I think is that they just had a ton of safeties. They, you know, Corian Ballard, mm-hmm. uh, Milky's <clears throat> Blair, you know, Philip Asia had a pretty good year last year. Uh, you know, Malone Mataele, who is a guy that as I talked to other college coaches, he's a little undersized, but they absolutely loved everything about him. And he came in spring ball, struggled the first couple of weeks, but by the end of it, he was getting a ton of reps and it was really starting to click for him. And so, when you have that luxury of having guys back there in the backfield that can, you know, take the place of a Chase Hansen on a regular basis and had to last year, why not get more of those guys on the field and put Chase up, you know, in the middle where he can cause more disruption? 
Mm-hmm. So it, it makes sense, and I got to admit that I was wrong on that one, um, especially watching him in spring ball. It's okay because Ryan's wrong a lot of the time, so <laughs> no worries there. When he, when he gets off the fence, <laughs> it must be, it, it, yeah, it must be like a Ryan Bryan thing. I don't know. So <laughs> we have that in common, but good, good for us, right? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, just kind of a follow up <laughs> on that. Who do you see filling the other two linebackers, at least the starting roles? I, I think it's, I don't think it's a secret that Cody Barton took some huge steps in spring ball. He has always had the talent, I think, to do it. He's a very athletic guy. He's a physical specimen. He comes from a family of athletes, and he's always had the aggressive motor and everything like that. So I don't think that was ever the issue. The big difference I saw in him coming into spring ball and coming out of it was his leadership ability. He was absolutely the you know, the quarterback of the defense in the sense that he was calling everything out. He was directing the traffic. He was telling guys where to be and where to line up. He looked so confident in that role. And he looked like he genuinely wanted to be the leader out there. And that surfaced in his play. And I think, I think that's just, it's perfect for, for Cody to uh, have a great year this year and really step up to bat and prove, I don't want to say doubters, but prove that kind of the, the, the up and down play was just part of the growth process. And then, um, you know, I, it, it's, it, it's not set in stone, but Francis Bernard is, you know, pending academics going to be a huge, I don't Breaking think that's news. a secret much da, 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 da. at all. <laughs> yeah. Right. Congratulations. You guys can promote that all you want. I just broke big news. But, um, <laughs> I mean that and the fact that he was at every single spring ball practice, but that gives you the parent of spare that coach Winningham's always talking about. But I saw a lot out of Devin Lloyd. That makes me think that if somebody does go down, he can step in and do that. And then there's also Donovan Thompson and Chris Hart who can, who can play pieces and, and depending on what you want to do schematically, that's, that's the biggest thing I see about this defense going forward next, you know, in the next season is that they have so many different pieces that can play a role and allows them a ton of flexibility. And I think that's probably the depth that we haven't seen in years past. And so if people ask, well, we've heard about depth for so long now, well, this is the difference. You have 15 to 22 guys on defense and all of them can play a role, you know, depending on what you need them to do. And that's the kind of depth that we haven't had at Utah ever. Not, I mean, maybe not since like 2008. Brian, give us, uh, obviously, you uh, on Ute Zone, you guys do uh, handle the recruiting and have a lot of information in that regard. Give give us a little insight on maybe some, some new guys that are going to be joining the program in the, in the fall here um, on the defensive uh, line or even linebacker that uh, may be able to get on the field. Um, so I, I think Brian Pirtle is probably the big name that everybody's got circled. Uh, he, he right now is is on track to make it for the fall. They were trying to get his academics settled out to get him into spring ball. That didn't work out. So he's, he's kind of right there. Um, if he does make it, that's, that's another game changing pickup because he can be a lot of that kind of three, four hybrid that we've seen Trevor Riley and, and, and Nate Orchard and, and other guys kind of step into that role and really excel. I always worry about guys who are stepping in to a program for the first time in the fall and making that big jump. So I, I don't want to, I want to temper expectations if he does make it and say it's going to take him a few games to settle in. So it may be a situation like we saw with Kavika Lewis or Tasanga, where towards the end of the year, you really start to see him shine and step forward. Well, we'll wait and see, but 
I think the hard part for any of those guys who are coming in, you know, to fall camp as recruits is that there are so many good players already established on the field. And so they're going to have to really, really work hard to kind of establish themselves and make an impact. Um, it specifically on the defensive side of the ball. Now there's always options in special teams and, you know, as a freshman, I think it's really great to work on the scout team because it helps you acclimate and you're going up against the best out on the field every single day. And, and so it's both an exercise in physical growth and also mental growth. And I think for guys who really excel, they take that and attack it and, and just push forward and, and treat it like this is, this is the most important thing and they just excel at it and it just leads to more and more growth as they go on. So it'll be interesting to see if there are any arrivals in the fall that really stand out. I would think that Pirtle would be the only one that, that I can think of off the top of my head. So, okay. uh, I mean, Chad fathering him, I, I don't know. I, I've heard that he's going to play tight end, but he's got a big body and, and uh, he's a really athletic kid. So he might be another guy that they try at defensive line. Uh, Thomas Yasmin, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. The Australian. None of us are uh, going to know. The if Australian you're Thor. Yeah, it's going to be a minute. But, uh, you know, he's he's another prospect. I don't think they have, you know, a set spot for him. And I know that the develop, development of him is going to be super slow and, and specific. But who knows? He may step in and just immediately grasp something on the field that position wise and they may end up starting him on D line too. Who knows? It's it's I think that's the aspect of fall camp that for me is exciting. Um I know for fans they kinda wanna plot and put guys in places and, and predict, but I like watching players step forward and grow because and I, I feel like this year's a good year for that too because I feel so strongly about the talent that's already there and in place. Okay, so we need your help. We need you to help us settle uh, maybe a um, a difference of opinion amongst us in regards to Gary Anderson. Oh, geez. So there, there, there are some that may be within this group here that think he's more of a used car salesman, others who think he's a tremendous uh, addition and, and coach. So what impact is Gary going to make Brian, to the defensive line and just to the team in general? Brian, you don't have to answer that if you don't want to. <laughs> I, I was going to say, if you guys are asking me to settle an argument, things are getting real bad over there. So, I mean, I hope, <laughs> I hope this doesn't become a regular, uh, regular deal. But Gary... Gary's awesome. I, I, I have a really good connection with Gary just from, from working with him as a high school coach previously. Uh, he is, to be a great college football coach, you have to be a used car salesman. You have to be refined. You have to be slick. You have to be conversational. You have to want, I just want to get you into this car today so badly, and it's just a perfect car for you. You have to have a bit of that. I'm going to, like, say je ne sais quoi, you know, charisma, whatever. Um, you have to have a bit of that as a coach. And so I think that's a big impact. I think the biggest thing that Gary brings to the table is that Witt just doesn't have to recruit as hard now. You know, it's, it's that he doesn't, I don't think it's, I'm not, again, not breaking news here, but Kyle doesn't love the recruiting aspect of it. And it can be really difficult. Gary absolutely thrives off of that. He loves visiting with the coaches. He loves visiting with the kids. He's very sincere with them. There's a reason why you hear players talk about him, 
you know, so glowingly when they leave the program. And that's, uh, I'm going to get myself in trouble here. That's good and bad, right? (laughs) Because the best coaches are the ones that push you outside your comfort zone and make you a better player. And a lot of times that feels terrible while you're a player, but you look back on it and realize it was great. Um, Usually the coaches that I end up saying that I absolutely loved were the ones who I you know, was able to generate a friendship with, and they were kind of more confidants rather than just the kind of grind pushers that, uh, you know, were always forcing me outside of my comfort zone. And so I don't want to say that the Gary's one side or the other on that, but it's always good to have a coach on staff that players feel like they can talk with and interact with. Um, and, and kind of like an, an advocate or go between so that they can say things to that coach and that coach can bring it up to the staff as a whole without naming names. And so the players feel like they have a voice within the staff and the staff doesn't really come down hard on specific players for, for voicing opinions. So it's, I, I think if we're rating on a scale of one to 10, the, the Gary impact, I would put it seven to eight. Um, oh, we win, but <laughs> Oh but but that's 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 because he's been there before it's because of the program that they have established and it's because there are some really tremendous coaches out there i don't think his on the field impact will be as monumental in fact it could be difficult as a staff because he's been a d coordinator he's going to have suggestions he's going to be in morgan's ear a lot and so they're going to have to learn to find that common ground but I think having a guy like that in the program is always a plus. You know, you look at John Peace, and he was a lot, you know, a lot similar in that respect. That he's just, you want to have good people and good coaches in your program, and the more the better. And so I think, you know, overall Gary is going to be a positive impact. Just for the record, I I love the hire. <laughs> we've we've convinced him. We've convinced him. Here's the thing, real quick, with that is that all this stuff is so subjective. And anytime a coach tells you that he knows what he's doing, he's absolutely lying to you because there have been situations where I knew exactly what to do and everything went wrong. And there were times where we had no clue what was going on and everything went right. So (laughs) that's coaching in a nutshell. Just make everybody buy into the fact that you know what you're doing, even if you don't. Thanks so much for coming on, buddy. Uh, You can catch him at utezone.com as well on 700 on Utezone Radio on Wednesday nights when the NBA playoffs aren't bumping you guys off. Uh, where can people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Brown Bear SLC. Uh, that's usually where I pump most of my content out. There's also a lot of bad tweets that go along with that. So just be aware. <laughs> um, but usually I'll retweet all the good youth zone content that we have coming out. There is a ton of content that comes out of that site though right now. So um, if I miss some, feel free to yell at me. You're good, buddy. Hey, thanks so much for coming on, and uh, we'll grab you again in the season. Awesome. Hey, I appreciate it, fellas. Great talking to you. Go you. Thanks, Go Brian. Utes. Have a good night. Okay, great interview. But first off, Scott, you got to stop calling me out for the Gary Anderson <laughs> comment I made like three years ago. Well, you got to stop putting that comment I, out there. I always have to. You always say it, and then I always have to come out and say. I think he's a great coach. He's a great hire. I don't forgive and forget. I just <laughs> always got that used car salesman feel from him, especially when he was at Oregon State. I love his answer, though. It was it was such a politician answer. He threw in the great coach and the used car salesman all into one. I'll vote for you, Brian. <laughs> Put him on the ballot.
No, but I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm on the side. I love Gary Anderson, and I love the idea of having him back on this staff. And for many reasons, for his recruiting ability, the energy that he just is going to bring to the program. But I love that he is going to be focused and in the defensive line meeting room day in and day out. I like Lewis Powell. I think he's a great coach. You hear great things about him. But but I think when you add somebody to the, of the caliber of Gary Anderson, um, it's only going to help that position, which last year, again, and we, we, we just talked about it with Brian, um, the defensive line, granted, as fans, we just instantly have these high expectations on the defensive line year in and year out. And sometimes that's probably not fair depending on graduation and the talent and whatnot. Um, but, but last year, you know, really from both end spots, interior positions, it did not seem like we, we were the same type of team that we've been uh, on that defensive line. So adding Gary is going to be tremendous. Um, well, and especially with all the new players coming in, it's, it's going to be a young position group. Um, and, and Brian kind of talked about all those new guys that are, are coming in. You know, we have David Fotu, Jackson Cravens, Jeremiah Jordan, all these guys. And it will be great to have a coach like Gary Anderson. Purtle. That has that experience. Yaka, baby. <laughs> Wrong sport. Or, or, or Bryant. Oh, but He's a Purtle. They're all the same. It's great to have a coach like a Gary Anderson that can help those young guys and hopefully get them progressing faster because I think – they're going to need those young guys to contribute this year. Well, and I think there's going to be opportunities, but you know, I, we don't have necessarily this year the, you know, Lowell had such high expectations just because of his name, really. And and he was he was really good early in his career at Utah. Mokofisi was just was was a name as well. You know, this year obviously we got Lecky Foto who's just kind of a legend just because of his size. Um, but he hasn't really grown in and really established his role. Um, whereas, as Brian mentioned, this is going to be a big year for him where he's going to get the opportunity to do that. So we don't really have those huge name guys, but I think we've got, there's a ton of talent, young, um, some middle-classmen. Um, so I, I think for me, I think we're going to be fine up the middle. Um, it, yeah, it's going to be at the, uh, the two end positions that I'm, that I'm interested in seeing how things go in fall camp. So if we're going to talk about the defensive line, we have to bring up Bradley and I, he's been my breakout player the last two seasons and I can't pick him for my breakout player this coming season because because Scott because of the, the ryan rule <laughs> when scott and i follow the rules ryan likes to pick all pack 12 players as his breakouts there were no rules in place when i picked uh what's his hey, name? it's just like baseball there's there's unwritten rules <laughs> oh please just because you lost you changed the rules just like you did when you were a kid so bradley and oh, i oh you want to go <laughs> So Bradley and I, how much do you guys think he has to contribute to this D line? Is he? Do you think he has to have the whole weight on him? No, but he's got to be the star. You you've got last year. There's just no way around it. And again, you know, not pretending to be this deep X's and O's guy, but we did not get enough from the end position last year. Not enough pressure on the quarterback. Our containment in some games was just awful and um 
Oregon to yeah, I mean Oregon, their backup quarterback just abused us, and I mean there were there were games where we just we just did not play up to par. Yeah, and I think Bradley and I he's he's got that potential. He's he's got the ability to be the guy um, to just shine on that defensive end. Obviously, we're all kind of waiting on Max Tupai. Highly recruited, was a huge success when he when we got him. Just haven't seen much uh, much from him, and so this will be a big opportunity for him to come show out. Um, and you know, we, we've been waiting on Devere Hamilton. He was a big recruit out of California. He's been kind of bumped around, uh, you know, and even Caleb Rep and Caleb Rep, who was really catching footballs his freshman year. Well, at, I mean, uh, he, wide was, receiver he was brought in as a D line, right? And they had to move him. No, he, 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 end. he was, if I, if I'm not, I could be mistaken. I recall him being brought in as a wide receiver. I thought he was recruited as a D line and then they had to move him over for depth. Maybe. I, but anyway. Yeah, I'm I not mean, sure on that. What, I mean, now he's at D line now. He didn't play last season. Does who injuries maybe, but do you guys think that he can make that step? I was actually surprised a little bit that Brian brought him up as being a guy who could be in the mix at the at the right end position because we really haven't seen I don't think enough of him to know um he I think from a from a ability standpoint he's got speed he's got height he's got length in his arms and he could be he he could really fill that position if his strength is rushing the quarterback containing the edge and in the run game you know I think that's where we're not going to see him on the field all that much but yeah I, there's definitely an opportunity for uh, for a lot of guys to step up and uh, and get some playing time and and really solidify that position but Bradley and I really along the defensive line he's he's the guy he's he's going to be the star and if he's not we may be in a bit of trouble so linebackers, I think for me, this position group is the one I'm most worried about. Really? Real? I'm being serious. And I'm, 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 I'm less worried I'm, this year than I am I was last year. I have never been this excited for the linebacking position because we have just, historically, it's just never been our strength. Every once in a while, we'll have a guy that stands out, but not a, not an entire core of linebackers. I mean, you, you look really? at it. First of all, in, in today's game, we're, we're only playing with two linebackers on the field m- most of the game anyway. Yeah, so, we're going a lot of nickel. So so really, you're going to only have two guys out there most of the time. Cody Barton, he's proven that he can play, and he gets a lot of flack. But he's come, on, he's come a long ways. His senior year, everybody's raving his leadership ability, the, uh, the role that he's taken on in this offseason to really be that senior leader. I mean, and look what we saw from Donovan Thompson last year. He came, he came a long ways and progressed, and he's an absolute stud. You've just moved Chase Hansen over, and you've also moved Chris Hart, who just really couldn't get things going on the defensive end position. He's now a linebacker, extremely talented, yet unproven at the linebacker position. But I, uh, not to mention. There could be uh, Francis Bernard maybe joining the program come fall. Um, Sione Lund, who is going to be sitting out, so he's not going to be eligible this year, but that's huge to add him for future depth. And then depending on uh, where the Australian Yasser Yemen, whatever his name is, 
Um, you know, whether he ends up at linebacker. So I personally, I'm really excited because I think we've got a lot of ability and a lot of talent uh, that we typically haven't had. So I, I agree with you. And the I'm excited about the guys, Chase Hansen, Cody Barton, Donovan Thompson, but I think it falls off a lot after that. What you said, Chris Hart isn't proven. He's had great spring ball the last couple of years, and he we we saw signs of it this past season. Um, remember, he, in the in the limited snaps he got, he was able. I think he forced a fumble. He recovered a fumble. I just don't know if he can put it all together yet. And I think that's what worries me is that there's a lot of unproven depth there. And Cody Barton took a major step forward last season. He's great at run blocking or run stopping, excuse me. I don't trust him in pass protection. And Chase Hansen could be one of the the best defensive players on on the on the roster, but can he stay healthy? No. Well, it, 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 yeah. is he injury prone or is it kind of a fluke the last two seasons? Well, he he has he has been kind of nagged by some injuries, and yeah, I mean that's yet to be seen because we're just gonna have to see how that goes. Hopefully, he can stay on the field because we're gonna need him to. And I don't get me wrong, the guys down the depth chart, super talented, but yeah, they do they do lack experience, and that's that's huge. I mean, you look at uh, um, Devin Lloyd who redshirted last year, freshman linebacker, six three two thirty, is an absolute beast. If 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 he can get some some reps and take advantage, that guy's got the ability to be an absolute stud. Andrew Mataafa um, is coming in in this class. He would have been, by all accounts, a five star linebacker had he not got injured uh, the start of his senior season and and had to sit out. Um, Utah stayed on him, and he rewarded Utah for that for that reason. Granted, he is coming off a, a, an injury. But he's got the ability um, as well. So, again, yes, are there some question marks? And you're gonna, you're always going to have that in, in college football. You got your guys got you, you're graduating guys. Guys leave the program, transfer. So you're always going to have that issue. But I, but I actually think we're in a pretty good spot, assuming we don't get decimated by injuries. Um, that seems to be the Utah way at at times, but. Uh, you know, that's something you got to deal with regardless. All right, so that will do it for our breakdown for the front seven. Uh, in the next episode, episode 104, we will be doing the secondary. So, again, you want to make sure that you're subscribing to us on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever you listen to podcasts to. Uh, and you can always check us out on utahmanpodcast.com. And, Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather. Drum, the letter N, Feather. And Scott, don't give your burner account. <laughs> Which one? Which of the five yeah, should Calangelo. I give out? Uh, Man underscore forever. Come, come take a walk with me. It'll be, it'll be a great time. And you can find me at Utah Man Podcast at Instagram and Twitter. And go Utes. Go Utes. Go Utes. Kayai. We'll be dead to die. We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah. Instacam. I hate you guys. Is that, is that your own? Is that your own social media? I hate you guys. In, instant pictures of Cam just doing random things around the house. Instacam.
Is the camera on? 